Good morning and welcome to Matt Grizzlick season. Yes, this is the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast for Wednesday, November 20th, 2019. I'm your host, Ian McLaren. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Today, of course, we'll be breaking down last night's big win over the New Jersey Devils in which Matt Grizzlick and David Pasternak each had two goals apiece. Grizzlick's Tallies came in very impressive fashion, and we'll break that down here in a moment. Uh, before we get into that, I want to remind you that you can follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins on the Twitter machine. You can also find me at ENC McLaren. Please download, listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. Please also tell your Bruins-loving family and friends that we are a daily podcast discussing all things Spoke to Be five days a week. Like I said, today we'll recap Tuesday night's win over the New Jersey Devils. Then as we do every Wednesday, we'll open up the mailbag and answer a couple listener questions. And then finally, take a quick look around the NHL at some news and notes uh, from around the league. But the big story here in Bruins land this morning is the play of Matt Grizzlick in the absence of Tory Krug. Uh, Grizzlick has stepped up in a very big way uh, with Tuesday night being uh, a fine example of what he is capable of. Grizzlick saw 19 minutes and 16 seconds of ice time, 25 total shifts. He had three shots on goal and of course, he had the two goals, and his teammates were raving about his play after the game. Uh, David Pasternak, who had two goals of his own, he said of Grizzlick's play, definitely he was hot, amazing goals, especially the second one. It's nice, we're all happy for him. He was feeling it today all game, made some good plays. It was fun to watch him. The second goal in particular was uh, really impressive, uh, and it was especially... Uh, Fine for Bruins fans who saw Grizzlick turn uh, P.K. Subban inside out, came into the zone, snapped a shot over Mackenzie Blackwood's left shoulder. It was his second snapshot goal of the game. Uh, both of them were just incredibly impressive shots. Uh, I heard Jack Edwards say that uh, you know his snapshot is definitely more effective than his slap shot, and it was uh, pretty evident on these two goals. Uh, Grizzly has stepped up in the absence of Tori Krug, who has missed the last four games with an upper injury, um, and he's been playing on the second pair with Brandon Carlo, as well as the point man on the Bruins' top power play unit. Bruce Cassidy, after the game, said it's good for him. He's in a situation where he wants to excel when he's given these opportunities. He's stepped up, and he's done a good job. We've said this all along. What's made us better the last couple of years is internal competition. Tori comes back. He thinks, you know what? I don't want to lose my spot. Grizz is going. It pushes the next guy. You need that to be a successful organization. That's why we survive when we have injuries like we do. Next guy goes in and plays well. And that's certainly been the case um, with the Bruins. We saw Jake DeBrusque go out. Uh, he returned Tuesday, but in his absence, you saw guys like um, uh, Anders Bjork step up. 
Patrice Bergeron has been out the last two games. You see David Krejci step up to the top line center spot, and he played amazing with Marshine and Pasternak setting up uh, Pasternak's uh, goal as well as one of Grizzlick's. Um, so really cool to see this team uh, come together when there's injuries and um, put up a, a solid performance that they needed uh, here against the Devils uh, to extend their current point streak to five games dating back to November 10th. A shootout lost to Philadelphia, shootout lost to Florida, then a win over Toronto, shootout lost to Washington, and now this big regulation win over the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Grizzlick himself, he said one of those nights the puck was going in. Sometimes when you're feeling it, things are going your way, and you just try to ride that momentum. Puck seemed to find me tonight. My teammates did a great job of putting me into areas where I could skate into it and put a couple in the back of the net. Um, it was Grizzlick's first two goals of the season. His only other two-goal game came during Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Final against uh, the Carolina Hurricanes back in the spring. And, um, yeah, again, that second goal was so nice. He picked up a puck off the wall. New Jersey's blue line dangled around Subban and uh, let another slap shot fly past uh, Grizzly. He said, I feel like I've always been able to shoot the puck, but I pass up some opportunities. Watching video, I think you have more time than you think out there sometimes. Something I've been working on, our forwards are working in the slot. We're trying to shoot for rebounds more. Luckily, just got some open ice there and was able to shoot to score tonight. That's something I've been talking about lately in terms of uh, shot quantity versus shot quality. Uh, the Bruins are regularly out attempting the opposition and that results in a positive Corsi percentage. But we also look at uh, expected goals for and that's kind of uh, looking at where the shots are coming from. So if you can get in tight and get a good opportunity there or create a shot opportunity where you know a rebound will emerge and set up a teammate for a quality chance um, it's good that the Bruins are working on that to get those quality uh, goal scoring opportunities up and their expected goals up as well uh, another cool story from last night was Connor Clifton uh, scoring he's a New Jersey native obviously and um, there were about 100 friends and family in attendance including his father's entire firehouse. Uh, his father is being a firefighter. Um, so that was really cool for him uh, to get that goal in front of his friends and family. And I'm sure his dad was very proud to see his son um, get that goal in front of his, his workmates. Uh, as for Bergeron, Cassidy said he expects he'll play Thursday. Uh, it sounded on Saturday that was kind of a load management thing, just giving a rest on the back-to-back. -back. Um, Cassidy thought he was closer to playing than tonight than not, but they wanted to make sure he's completely ready to go. Then they'll put him in. So hopefully the extra night will help, and he'll be back for Thursday's game against the uh, Buffalo Sabres. I mentioned DeBrusque was able to return. Brett Ritchie also came back. Uh DeBrusque had three shots on goal, 15-17 of ice time. Richie uh, had one shot on goal, dropped four hits on the Devils in 13-15 minutes of ice time. So that was the story in New Jersey. Quite uh, an impressive game for 
the Bruins overall, I thought they, uh, yeah, seemed to really outplay the Devils uh, on the night. And, uh, yeah, the Devils just not a very good team at all uh, at this point. Extremely disappointing uh, for them with a group that had higher expectations with, uh, you know, adding Jack Hughes first overall, bringing Subban in, signing Nikita Gusev, and then with uh, Taylor Hall still on the roster. Uh, I wouldn't expect that he's too eager at this point to remain with the Devils uh, as a pending unrestricted free agent, uh, but we'll see if they can turn it around. The shot differential wasn't uh, exorbitant. It was 28-26 in favor of the Bruins. The Devils actually had more shot attempts at even strength than the Bruins, a 53-46 advantage. Uh, so that's uh, interesting. Oh, sorry, that was in all situations. If we look at um, even strength, it was 49-45 in favor of the Devils. So New Jersey actually had more attempts than the Bruins on this night, but Bruins had more shots and emerged with four more goals for the win. Coming up next, we'll open up the mailbag and answer a few of your listener questions. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, Locked On Boston Bruins listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. If you can't visit DoorDash right now, find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. We'll start this week's mailbag with a question from Yuso Kakianainen at uh, J-U-P-S-U-H, a listener from uh, Finland, which is pretty cool. Uh, they ask, is this going to be an easy three-win week for the Bruins? And, you know, I don't want to say uh, it'll be easy because um, there's so much parity in the NHL these days that on any given night, uh, really anything can happen. And what better example of that than last week's uh, collapse against the Florida Panthers where the Bruins were up 4 nothing, seemed to be skating to a relatively easy win, and then they lose 5-4 in the shootout. But um, the Bruins do have an excellent chance of emerging uh, with three wins this week. Coming up next, as I mentioned, they'll be home to the Buffalo Sabres. The Sabres had started off the season uh, pretty hot, but now they're 2-6-2 in their last 10 games. And uh, really uh, reeling, struggling, so it's a prime opportunity for the Bruins to take advantage of the a divisional opponent that is, yeah, taking major steps back and hopefully they can emerge victorious from that game. Uh, Even more so on Saturday when they host the Minnesota Wild. The Wild have a record of uh, 8, 11, and 2 through 21 games. They are tied for the second fewest points in the NHL with the Rangers and Devils, only one point up on the Uh, Kings and Red Wings for last in the NHL. Uh, They have a pretty paltry differential of minus 13. And you know what? They should be uh, a pretty easy win for the Bruins, all things considered. Uh, You have to watch out for the Ryan Donato revenge game, but you have to expect Charlie Coyle will also be up for that one. And um, yeah, I would just expect the Bruins to come out of this week with Six points. Um, like I said, anything can happen. Um, 
I'd be extremely disappointed if they lost both next games, especially since they'll be played on home ice. Uh, but if they drop a point, it won't be the end of the world. Uh, but again, yeah, I would expect them to win uh, the next couple of games and uh, head into next week feeling pretty good about their lot in life atop the uh, Atlantic Division. Right now, the Bruins are 13-3-5 with 31 points through uh, 21 games. They have a league-leading goal differential of plus 21. And um, if we look at uh, point percentage, sitting third overall uh, behind the New York Islanders and the Washington Capitals. The next question comes somewhat tug-in-cheek from Kyle Demetrius at Kyle Demetrius on Twitter. He's the co-host of the Locked on Sharks podcast. And he asks, how often do you cry thinking about all the cups you missed out on because Boston can't draft? LOL. Uh, And I uh, countered by saying a Sharks guy chirping about cups. What a world. But seriously, that's a valid question. And I now am crying. Um, I mean, drafts are such a tricky thing because um, it's so easy to look back in hindsight. But um, I think specifically of the 2015 draft and all the guys the Bruins left on the table, you can uh, chalk up DeBrusque as a win, but you look at guys who were drafted after Zborl and Seneshin and you think of what could be if this team had uh, taken a chance on the likes of Sebastian Ajo, Matt Barzil, Kyle Connor, Travis Konechny, Brock Besser, uh, even Anthony Bavillier, uh, Thomas Shabbat. Uh, these are the kind of guys that could have put the Bruins over the top. We've talked a lot about secondary scoring. And, uh, you know, Barzil won the Calder Trophy. Sebastian Ajo is emerging as a, a superstar for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Travis Konechny is breaking out this year with the Flyers. Kyle Connor's a 30-goal scorer. Uh, Brock Besser is a uh, dynamic scorer. Um, I like the way Seneshin has been playing this year before he got hurt. Uh, but he, you know, hasn't put a dent in the... Um, score sheet like these guys have so it's you know it's easy to look back and question these draft choices uh, question Trent Frederick being taken ahead of uh, Alex Dabrinkat even this year question John Beecher taking being selected ahead of Arthur Kaliev who leads the OHL in scoring uh, a Los Angeles Kings prospect Uh, But then you look back at 2014 and you think of how fortunate the Bruins were to select David Pasternak 24th overall. He's currently the second highest uh, scorer from his draft class, only behind Leon Dreisaitl. And, you know, guys taken ahead of him were Sam Reinhart from the Buffalo Sabres, Sam Bennett, Michael Dalcole, um, Nick Ritchie, Kevin Fiala, Jacob Vrana, Dylan Larkin. Talented players, uh, Nick Schmaltz, Robbie Fabry, Kasperi Kapanen. I wouldn't trade any of those guys, even William Nylander. I'd pick David Pasternak over him in a second. Um, the only player, yeah, I wouldn't have over 
Pasternak is Dreisaitl, to be quite honest. So sometimes you win in the draft, sometimes you lose. The Bruins seem to have more misses than hits, uh, especially going back to the 2015 draft. Uh, McAvoy is a great pick at 14th overall in 2016. Uh, you know, Jax Nick, looks like a win at 53rd overall in 2017. Axel Anderson and Jacob Lauko, I would bet, will be on the team at some point. Um, jury's still out on John Beecher this year. Uh, but then you look back even further and you see uh, the core guys on this team were all later round picks. Brad Marchand drafted 71st overall back in 26. Um, Bergeron was 45th overall. Uh, David Krejci was 63rd overall. Um, so they've gotten extremely good value out of their core draft picks. Um, so it doesn't always pan out the way you think it will. Um, would I have liked the Bruins to have stocked up on skilled players in the drafts instead of reaching for guys that maybe might fit into their system better? Obviously I would have, I'd like them to have taken Barzil. I would have liked them to take Connor or Besser. Um, even though, uh, yeah, I think the consensus was, Connor and um, Barzil were the the, t- the guys to go at um, whatever it was, 15, 16 there. Uh, but even without them, they still went to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final this past year. Who knows what the trajectory of the team would have been if different choices were made out on the draft floor that year. Um, but yeah, I, I often lament... Those decisions, but at the same time, I celebrate the fact that the Bruins have been one of the best teams in the NHL for the past decade, uh, and um, they came close to winning the Cup this past year. Have a great chance again of advancing that far here in 2020. Um, so, you know, what's done is done. You can't really do much about it at this point. So, why bother? Final question comes from my good friend Beth at Iver. H-U-I-T, and she asks, how many Grizzly jerseys have been ordered since last night? To be honest, I'm not not much of a jersey guy. I am more of a jersey aficionado, and I'd be lying if I haven't perused jersey prices for Grizzly, McAvoy, even Seneshin, to be honest. Um, If I could have a jersey for every member of the team, I would, but uh, not quite in the budget right now, and... I'm more looking for toques at this point, to be honest. To finish today's show, as we do every day, we'll take a quick look around the NHL at some news and notes. Uh, If you missed it last night, Marc-Andre Fleury picked up his 450th career win uh, with a victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs. He made uh, just an amazing glove save off Nick Patan's stick in that third period to preserve the win. If you didn't see that, I highly recommend you check out the NHL's Twitter account to get that highlight. It was uh, probably the save of the year so far. Uh, With the loss, the Maple Leafs are now uh, 25th in the NHL in terms of point percentage. The only teams worse are the San Jose Sharks, Ottawa Senators, New New Jersey Devils, Minnesota Wild, 
Los Angeles Kings and the Detroit Red Wings. Um, yeah, pretty paltry company to be uh, in. They're behind the Flames, Ducks, Blue Jackets, Rangers, Blackhawks, and Predators in terms of actual um, standings and where they sit in the, the playoff race. They're now uh, two points behind the Philadelphia Flyers for the second wildcard spot with two games more uh, having been played. They're also only two points up on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Lightning have five games in hand. Um, the Leafs are four points behind the Canadians for third in the Atlantic. Uh, but again, the Canadians have two games in hand, so a pretty dire situation for the Maple Leafs. Uh, on NHL insider trading, um, they insiders believe the, the Maple Leafs aren't willing to make a coaching change in season. But if there's any more losses, like the 6-1 loss on Saturday to Pittsburgh, uh, they've now lost against Vegas. Their next two games are in Arizona and Colorado. Uh, so that uh, might be an untenable situation if this losing streak continues. James Myrtle from The Athletic wonders what the Leafs will do with Tyson Berry as his poor start continues. Myrtle suggests uh, flipping him to the Sabres for Colin Miller, or there's been speculation about um, him being flipped to the Flames for uh, TJ Brody. Emily Kaplan of ESPN also believes the Leafs should address their backup goalie situation by contacting the Penguins and adding Casey DeSmith or Tristan Jari. Uh, and Greg Wyshynski adds they could flip Barry for Justin Schultz as a sweetener in that deal. Uh, so some interesting times in Toronto, to say the least. Speaking of the Sabres, Paul Hamilton on WGR 550 uh, reports uh, Sabres general manager Jason Botterill acknowledged they're looking for a forward. Uh, they do have depth on the blue line that they could flip for that forward, so keep an eye on the Sabres as well. Um, what else was going on last night? The New York Islanders tied a franchise record, uh, extending their point streak to 15 games with a 5-4 overtime win over the Penguins. Um, as I mentioned yesterday, the Islanders had a pretty lengthy winning streak last year. They're now, um, let's see, pretty close to, yeah, they're five points back of the Capitals for first overall, uh, t tied with the Bruins with 31 points, but they've only played 19 games and have four games in hand on the Capitals. So, um, the Islanders continue to defy expectations there and, uh, are a team to be reckoned with despite all indications that they would have taken a step back this season. Uh, Capitals forward Garnet Hathaway will have a hearing today for uh, spitting in the face of Anaheim Ducks defenseman Eric Goodbranson. You'll remember Marshan was not suspended for licking Ryan Callahan's face in the playoffs a couple years ago. Uh, this seems to be a step up. Um, you have to take into account the context of regular season versus playoffs. And, um, but, uh, I'm sure there'll be some outcry if he is indeed suspended and there was nothing for Marshan back then, but a fine, I believe. And then finally, the NHL renamed the NHL general manager of the year award to the Jim Gregory general manager of the year award. He spent 10 seasons as the Maple Leafs GM and another 40 as an NHL executive. And he recently passed away at age 83.
Um, I just got one more question in as I was recording. It's from William Nickerson, friend of the podcast. He asks, do you love the Bjork Coil Heinen line as much as I do? They look really fast out there. And yes, I do love that line. It's a line that I um, have been advocating for for a few weeks. No, for, yeah, back in the beginning of the season. I'm glad that it's finally uh, came to be. And um, Fluto Shinzawa of The Athletic, he referenced uh, that line in a pretty interesting quarter season assessment that he posted uh, here on Wednesday. Um, And he said... Uh, what did he say of that line? He said, it's been neat to watch Bjork's rapid development from professional nomad to NHL regular. Everything points to his AHL career being over. And I totally agree. He's been uh, a great addition to that uh, trio. I think Heinen and Coyle looked good together early on in the season. We're kind of anchored by Brett Ritchie. Uh, but having uh, Coyle on that line... Um, Oh, sorry, having Bjork on that line has certainly lit a fire under them, and that's as good of a third line as you can get, arguably better than the second line that they were deploying last night with DeBrusque, Lindholm, and Ritchie. That should be the de facto third line. Once Bergeron's back, I'd like to see uh, DeBrusque, Krejci, and uh, I think Sinitian would have been an addition up there as well. Um but uh, we'll have to see what happens once he is back and healthy. So that's today's show for um, Wednesday, November 20th, 2019. The Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite hockey team every single day. Uh, again, please follow the show on Twitter. You can follow me at ENC McLaren and uh, tell your friends and family members about the podcast to get word of mouth out there and to build uh, more of a following for the show. It'd be very much appreciated. Uh, hope you all have a great day and we'll be back tomorrow to tee up Thursday night's game against the Buffalo Sabres. Take care friends.